Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Welcome to Habs Unfiltered, your home for Montreal Canadiens news, information, and entertainment. Your hosts are Blaine Padvang of the Hockey Writers, Matt Smith, and Treg Toxic Wilson. Are you in the market? For quality sticks and equipment you can afford, there is a no-frills, no-nonsense company that wants to provide that to you, No Name Hockey. No Name Hockey is a small Canadian company started by former pro player Jason Goulet. When he retired, he searched for sticks that felt like when he was a pro but could never find the right one or one that was reasonably priced. So he decided to start No Name Hockey. Now No Name offers high-quality, customized sticks at a fair price. They won't try to wow you with a fancy name. They will focus on providing you a pro-stock quality stick that you can afford. The cost of sticks has gone through the roof due to sponsorships and licensing fees. No Name Hockey makes sticks for the no-names and players currently making a name. And welcome to yet another episode of Habs Unfiltered. I am your host, Blaine Putvay, and I am joined now by Matt Smith. Good evening, guys. So we're uh, we're without Treg Wilson on this episode yet again, as he is busy with uh, with family, and I mean, in the in these trying times, we can't uh, we can't really fault him too much for that. But all I can say is, even with the face for radio, you guys are better off not seeing him. That's very true. Um, I'm happy that I was able to join you on this show. Um, for all our listeners, as you guys know, we're all uh, members of the armed forces. Uh, some squadrons have reduced manning. Some squadrons have uh, went down to minimal manning. And some, like mine, um, were just balls to the wall. We're busy like nothing's changed. Um, so there may be times in the future, in the coming weeks, that uh, I might not be available. But uh, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Yeah, and trying to keep up with our uh, our promise to continue giving you guys some content. Um, not much has been going on in the world of hockey. Uh, although today, as we record, it is Friday, the 20th of March. The Canadians did announce that they had signed Alex Belzeal to a one-year, two-way contract, uh, $700,000 minimum NHL deal. Uh, for salary and two twenty five thousand down in uh, Laval. Now, Bill Zeal signing clearly is a depth move, and uh, it's designed to add a leadership, a veteran leadership at the Laval level. It, anyone thinking that this signing was meant to add to the Montreal Canadiens roster on the big club? Um, I don't know what to say. I mean, honestly. 
for me, for me, he looked like he looked good during the preseason. He looked good during the preseason. He looked good um, during their uh, exhibition play. He looked good at training camp. And, um, you know, he had 14 points in 20 games with Laval. Um, unfortunately, he got injured. However, with uh, with the players that he had around him, and if he was healthy right now, he would probably be looking right around the same amount of points he had last year, which was... Uh, Wait, wait, 50-55? Yeah, around there. He led the uh, he led the Rocket in points last year. And that was a pretty weak team. So this this year, I think he would have at least matched that, if not better. And um, he could have been a guy that could have been called up. He he didn't look out of place in the at the at the camp. So it might not be a sure thing that he's going to hit the roster next year, but I think he's going to challenge for a spot. Well, he's more, uh, more it'll of be an a fourth, it'll, Obviously, it'll be a yeah, it'll be a fourth line guy type, a uh, fourth line type uh, signing, obviously. Um, but I can see him being one of those guys that is going to be a leader in Laval that's going to potentially earn himself a uh, earn a call up. Yeah, that's his. That's his only uh, his only shot at getting onto the roster. He'll he'll go in. He'll have himself a good camp. He'll still be cut. He'll end up in Laval. Personally, personally, I can see Willette more than likely not coming back. True. And if that's the case, maybe they'll give him the captaincy, especially yeah. since he's a you know a Quebec-born, yeah, um, veteran AHL player. And he keep in only, mind too, he's only twenty eight years old. But. Yeah, and keep in mind too, uh, Laval. There's a lot of young guys coming up. Uh, he is still going to play a top nine role there. Uh, they're going to need a few veterans to uh, to insulate these young guys and help the team compete. Because uh, as of the point, as of this point now, with the league suspended, uh, Laval is just outside of a playoff spot. Had he been healthy all year. Maybe they would be just inside of a playoff spot. So his his veteran leadership down there will come in handy. Um, as for getting called up to the NHL, I mean, injuries happen. Th- stuff happens. He might get a call up. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe the Canadians finally have a year where they don't have a lot of injuries up front and he just doesn't earn the call up. So I don't see why anyone would be upset by this. Uh, there hasn't been a, a parade of these types of signings by the Canadians as of yet, where these types of players are signed and block the path of younger guys who are coming up. If that were the case, then I would be upset. But right now, Alex Belzeal has been with the team for a couple of years. He is a veteran. He knows the system. Uh, he is bought into Bouchard's system. And, and he provides that leadership they need. So honestly, it's a good signing overall for Laval and... Uh, as you mentioned, as an insurance marker for a call-up. Absolutely. I can see, as I said, I, I, I can see him, um, Jake Evans. He's he's performed well since he's been with the Canadians. I can see him either capturing the fourth-line center spot or at least challenging for a roster spot next season. But then when you're also looking at um, Ryan Paling coming back, you're also looking at... Um, you're going to have Kakaniemi back. I'm not saying as a fourth liner, but you're also going to have him. You're going to have um, 
So Evans, Paling, Kakaniemi. You're still going to have Suzuki, who's emerged in, at least on the Canadians roster, into a top six guy. You've still got Phil Deneau. You've got Max Domi. You've got a shitload of money to spend. So we might be looking at free agents. We might be looking at a trade. We might look at flipping some of these draft picks for for players. You never know if the draft happens or when the draft happens because of all this COVID-19. Yeah. Um, you never know. The Canadians might, they might draft somebody and that player might come out and blow them away and they might even hit the roster. You never know at this point. With uh, with four picks in the top 62, they should hit at least one home run, hopefully. That is the hope. And the chances are that one of those might get traded. Like you mentioned, they've got a lot of assets. And I've, I've written an article about this on the Hockey Writers where uh, the retooling plan, rebuild, retool, I don't care what you call it, um, Bergevin has put into place since he was forced to do so in 2017. Um, I think it's it's run its course. When you have about 50 prospects already picked and you can't sign them all, I think it's time you start looking at maybe trading some picks, maybe uh, packaging those up with current roster players, some other prospects, and start looking at making trades to upgrade in certain areas. Lefty defense. Well, especially if you can uh, take some of these, you know, second, third, fourth round picks where they've got multiple, uh, they got three seconds, two thirds, three fourths, two fifths, two seventh. Um, if they can take some of these BC prospects that they might not be able to sign, flip those, say, with a third round pick, fourth round pick, then maybe you're going to entice a team maybe to give something up. We know what the Canadians' needs are. Obviously, Bergevin continues to say, we're building through the draft, we're building through the draft, we're building through the draft. And yes, we've seen some players come out into the Montreal system, into their prospect pool, that they've picked through the draft that are going to be, or should be, um, very good players for the Canadians, or at least very good prospects for the Canadians moving forward. With that being said, we're both Canadians fans. We know that Canadians fans don't want a slow solution. They want to see the team win. They want to be successful. But then on the other side, they want to see, oh, let's tank for Lafreniere. Let's do this. Let's do that. Personally, I'd like to see a mix of youth and veteran leadership within that lineup. And veteran leadership doesn't mean like you're, you know, 35 to 40 year old player. They've got Brendan Gallagher, who's only 27, who is, you know, a huge leader on this team. But if they can flip some of those picks, some of those BC prospects, as I said, if they can move some of those guys to, to bring in, to fill in some of these holes for some of these veteran leaders to bulk up on their defense a little bit and bring in some help on the left side, um, to help carry price out. And I brought this up multiple times in the show, whether it's free agency or whether it's a trade, carry price is a huge asset for the Montreal Canadians. He's obviously taking a large part of their cap at 10 and a half mil. And he's a guy that they cannot afford to overwork. 
I know he's only 32 years old, um, but this isn't a guy that you want to play 65, 70 games if you don't have to. And I've brought it up before. You know, Charlie Lindgren, he, he had his moments this year. He played uh, six games with the Canadians. Uh, he was two and four, letting out, I think he was like a 3.33 goals against or something like that. Not ideal numbers for a backup at the NHL level. But this is a guy that's got to be able to stay healthy. In the last couple of years, and Lavalle hasn't had the opportunity to be healthy. And uh, in my opinion, you've got a guy like Primo that's kind of knocking on the door that might swoop in and take the job from Lingren anyway. But it's hard to say. My personal opinion, I wouldn't bump him into the NHL just yet. I'd be looking for a veteran guy. But it's going to all depend on... Um, Bergevin, what he's going to want, and you've, obviously we're going to look at the Seattle expansion draft. You're not going to sign a veteran backup that another team's just going to go and swoop in for. If they do, maybe it's part of their plan. Who knows? Because they know that they've got somebody waiting like a primo in the background. But with all this COVID-19 stuff or coronavirus, whatever you want to call it, it's um, it's, it's an interesting time. We can talk. We can speculate we can plan we can say whatever the hell we want until we know when the season's going to start up again the playoffs if they're going to even happen uh when the draft's going to be where it's going to take place i said it's all speculation and all we can do is uh run this show and hopefully you guys enjoy it and hopefully we don't run out of topics to talk about well on on the point of the playoffs um whether they happen or not i'm I think we're going to keep that for a future episode, but Bill Daly did mention recently that uh, keeping the integrity of an 82-game season next year is the NHL's priority, so that gives you an idea of what they're looking at. Um, As for uh, planning ahead uh, for next season, yeah, you can sign or trade for guys, um, you know, trade, say, a Mete or trade uh, Lindgren or whoever you want to trade and upgrade, um, even sign free agents. You have to keep the uh, the expansion draft at the front of your mind because it's coming. The Canadians are going to lose a player. Who they lose, I mean, there's a strategy that uh, Bergevin is going to have to follow to kind of push Ron Francis towards uh, a smaller group of players that he's willing to give up, you know? Uh, so I wrote an article on this exact thing because as you mentioned, uh, with COVID-19 and the NHL being paused, we've got a lot of extra time on our hands. There's not a lot of hockey talk. There's not a lot of stuff going on. There's no news per se. So just for fun, I wrote this up planning to do it later on, but I figured the heck with it, put it out now that way, you know, we can we can start becoming more familiar with the expansion rules, which, by the way, are the exact same rules that they had for the Vegas draft, uh, and just kind of see what the Canadians have, what they can give up, and what they'd have to do. So uh, the expansion, as I mentioned, they're the same as the the rules are the same as the Vegas draft. Players with no Vegas movement clauses. Yeah, yeah. Vegas is exempt from this, but. Canadians are, but the rules, uh, the rules for the Canadians that they have to follow are, uh, 
Players with no movement clauses must be protected. Uh, Players with two years or less of professional experience are exempt. And teams must expose a minimum of two forwards, two defensemen, and one goaltender. So this is where that uh, keeping Lindgren or signing a free agent, that's where this comes into play. Um, There's also two options. Uh, A team could choose the first option, which is protect seven forwards, three defensemen, and a goalie. The second option is that they can protect eight skaters and one goalie. Now, option two is an option for a team that had like four more quality defensemen, per se, uh, like like Nashville back in 2017. You look at their their top four back then, and it made sense to go with the eight and one. Um, I think they were the only team or one of two teams to do it. Uh, but in this case here, the Canadians do not have four, <laughs> four defensemen that are just, well, we have to absolutely protect all these four, or, oh my God. So it's it's pretty clear the Canadians are going to go with option one of seven forwards, three defensemen, and a goalie. Uh, for my list that I put out, uh, I chose for the forwards, Drouin, Domi, Lekkonen, Gallagher, Tatar, Deneau, and Kotniemi. Now, keep in mind for this this mental exercise, uh, everybody is kept on the team, re-signed, extended. Whoever's on the roster now is going to be on the roster at that point. That's This is just a, an exercise, a mental exercise to get us into this. So, um, you know, we can be pedantic and say, well, Tatar is not under contract, you know, after this summer, but hey, what if he's extended? Let's just stick with as the roster is now, if the expansion draft were to happen now, this is what we're looking at. So, um, who do you have for your forwards? So, for me, uh, for my forwards, um, I've got Drouin, Tatar, Gallagher, Domi, Deneau, Kakaniemi, and I've got uh, UL Armia in place of uh, Lackanen. Okay. Now, I chose Lekkonen in this case over Armia because I wrestled with that same uh, same thought. I picked Lekkonen simply because he's a couple years younger and is probably going to cost a little bit less uh, cap-wise. And he has a similar impact despite playing a different kind of game. That I went with him for that reason. I even looked at, um, it, it. for me, it came down to uh, those two and Byron. Byron's been back. Fuck, last player they've. Yeah, yeah. Byron's been. And, and, and been he's great. an impact guy when when he's healthy and when when he's switched on, he's an impact player. He might be small. Um, we we've noticed that he hasn't been, you know, himself uh, with his injuries and everything, and um, he doesn't seem to have that, um, you know, uh, rockets and skates as he did last year. But it's going to come back. And um, if he has a strong year next year, I think it's going to be, unless he gets moved, obviously, um, it's going to be it's going to be uh, difficult, in my opinion, to not protect him. Especially since he's got an A on his uh, on his jersey as well. Yeah, yeah, I can see I can see how it'd be a difficult call. I mean, that last spot, there's three or four guys that you can throw in there. Um, I mean, most people are going to agree on 
pretty much everybody else that we picked. But it's the, it's the Lekkonens and the Byrons and the Armias that that's where the discussion really comes into play with the forward group. I mean, unless they sign some big name free agent, which I seriously doubt. Uh, but as well, it is right now with the lineup as they have it, those three are the three that people are gonna are gonna fight over, argue over for that last spot. But you never know if he uh, if he gets on the phone with Francis, he might he might be able to say it depends. Like if Drew, I'm not just gonna speculation, of course. If Drew has a shit year, he might say, "Hey, take Drew Ann, we'll give you this." Or sure. Byron has, or Byron has a shit year. Who's a UFA in 2023? You know, hey, take Byron, and we'll fucking give you this. Yeah, who, like, I can, who knows? I can, I can For, see that. Like, look at the look at the last draft. Everyone was thinking they're gonna take Huda. They're gonna take. There was a list of players that we were all like, "Yep, this guy's gone," and they took um, Emlyn. Yeah, which surprised the hell out of me. I never thought that they would even. Consider taking M1. But now look at the defense and, you know, we could use someone that could hit through the boards like that. But, in but, it, that's, it, another, but that's another story. In that case with Emlyn, uh, I think that uh, that's kind of a, it's pointing to what Seattle's going to have to do in this draft as well. Vegas picked Emlyn because they have to, they had to reach a certain cap level. They still have to reach the cap floor. So picking guys with uh, slightly larger cap hits that that helped them. So they picked Amlin, and what they did was they, they ate 50% of his cap and flipped him for a third-round pick. He was on a, the last year of a contract, so they, they basically paid $2 million to buy another third-round pick. So for them, it helped get them above the cap floor, bought them another pick, and... They met all the requirements. So these are these are things that people have to keep in mind that Seattle's going to need to do as well. So a, Byron, a Byron being available, he's making over $3 million a year. He might be more attractive to them based on the fact that he has that contract versus Armia, depending on Armia's contract after this coming season. Because he might get extended. His contract might be, if he has a 20-goal season, it might end up being $4 million a year. Absolutely. So they may not take him for that. Or the Canadians might protect him instead of Lekkonen. Yeah. These are all it, these things. It can floppy. Yeah. It, can, it can go away any other way. Yeah. But this is part of the exercise so that we can get our minds wrapped around. These are the things that the Canadians have to have done. Who they need to protect. Because let's be honest. Uh, we basically named off their top nine. Absolutely. They're the, t- the best. So that's it. They're the Canadians are trying to protect their top nine because let's, they desperately need that depth. Um, but uh, we'll move on to the defense because, and well, actually I'll just mention the goaltending. It's a given because he has a no movement clause, Carey Price. I know people are going to talk about trading him and uh, you know, Seattle, he's from out there. Maybe Seattle wants him, blah, blah, blah. I, I don't think that's going to be. It's not going to happen. Yeah, not going to happen. I don't see that happening. So, uh, so are we? Are we both? Uh, are we both picking Carey Price, or are we going like well, hard no on? Choice. Are we? Are we going hard on Lindgren? You have no choice. <laughs> yeah, with a no move, no no choice. Yeah, you have to. And I don't see Carey Price waving his no move clause to get picked up by an expansion team. Uh, 
I, I know people say, well, he played in Tri-City, his wife's from Washington, he's from BC, it's a perfect fit, but uh, are they going to be any better than what the Canadians are going to have on hand at the time? I doubt it. They're probably about even. Um, uh, so we'll just leave that uh, and move on to the defense. Now, I think you picked the same three I did. So Yeah, I said uh, Weber, Petrie, Sherratt. Yeah, exactly. That's what I've got. I mean, who else are you going to pick? Who else is worth def- protecting out of the current Canadians defensive lineup? Um, I would think I I wouldn't it depends if he's healthy. Would be someone like a Noah Julison or a Kale and a Kale Fleury. Um because to my knowledge, they both need to be, as of right now, they, they need to be protected. Yes, they would. Right? I can't see a team picking either of them. So that might be, you know, the saving grace there and to be able to pick those three over guys like that. Um, but I, I, you know, I'd let somebody like Alsner obviously go, Kulak, um, Christian Folan, who's probably not going to come back. Yeah. Uh, Victor Mete's an RFA. He's probably going to get a cut, you know, probably a bridge deal. And that's going to be something that they're going to have to look at and consider are we going to bring this guy back? Because with um, Josh Brook coming up, with uh, Romanov coming up, with guys like Flurry looking to take the next step, Juleson returning to health and uh, hopefully going to training camp next season and being the player that we know that he can be. It's going to be hard for a guy like um, Mete or Kulak to even be on the roster, in my opinion, depending on how they play. Because you can't just have, you know, Mete. Mete's got better defensively, but he's still not a guy that can move bodies. And, yeah, we've he's seen a, the, and we've he, seen the Achilles heel of the Canadians the last little bit has been penalty kill. You know, gone are the days of Josh George's and Hal Gill blocking shots in front of the net. And you like to see, uh, you know, you see Weber and Petrie and those kind of guys blocking shots, which is a great thing to do. All players should do it. However, you know, I don't want to lose Weber or Petrie to... Uh, to you know a broken a broken this or that due to blocking a shot or or anything or anything like that when these are your little leaders on your team these are the guys from their back end that are gonna drive your offense so i i for for me i would not protect victor mente at this point no and and neither would i um i'd even i'd even dangle him at their possible trade bait at the draft yeah, absolutely, hundred percent, all on board for that. Uh, in my opinion, Mete, uh, he can play in a second pairing role, like you mentioned. He's he's gotten better defensively. To me, he's a very very cheap uh, version of. Um, uh, I'm blanking here. Uh, the defenseman for Boston, uh, Krug. Yes, yeah. he he lacks the offensive and defensive status as a Krug. But he plays that similar style without producing on either end of the rink. 
Like well, in, my, does. In, in my opinion, he's a strong third pairing guy. Yeah. Only if he has somebody that can um, protect him defensively. Yeah, a little bit of muscle. A little bit of muscle. So well, if he go, like if he's a guy that can jump up into the rush, perfect. We yeah. never thought the guy was ever going to score a goal, and he, you know, we plucked in a couple this year. True, but you don't want to have somebody that's going to be a burden defensively. With because more than likely it's going to be a third pairing, and that other third pairing guy is likely going to be someone like a Flurry or a Juleson, which are both. You know, 22 and 21 years old, respectively, don't have a lot of experience playing in the NHL. You don't want to put that burden on them um, to have to play as tight defensive hockey and maybe play these two-on-one situations, three-on-one situations, because we know Montreal is just the fucking epicenter for that kind of stuff. We see yeah, it all this year has been bad. It's been really Absolutely. bad this year. Yeah. But back to Mete. Um, He's the kind of guy you're going to trade if we're talking about trade. He's the kind of guy you package up with one of those seconds to maybe move up a little bit higher in the second round or kind of eke your way into the first round. Uh, when it comes to the expansion draft, um, I don't see him att- attracting the attention of Ron Francis that much. I mean, yeah, sure, it's always good to have some defensive depth, and I'm sure he's going to be on a uh, an affordable bridge deal. So... Maybe they look at that and they say, yeah, we could use that. Or they'll just say, you know what? We can probably sign someone who's about as good on the free agent market. Kulak, he's he's a bigger body. He moves the puck well. But again, that's another guy who he's better off on a third pairing. Um, Juleson, I can see them being attracted. Uh, uh, attracted to him because he's a former first rounder and he's that he's that big body guy who can make a good first pass he has a decent shot but I think you hit the nail on the head when you mentioned his health issues so I think he's going to be safe in that draft even though he's exposed just because of his health issues well if you're looking at the draft the NHL draft not the expansion draft yeah you might see teams be a little bit more willing to to allow a team, you know, if I give you two seconds to move up into the, uh, you know, into the top 25 or, or, well, you know, a pick somewhere in the, in the end of the first round, you might see teams a little bit more willing to do that because we're not going to see things more than likely, um, like the combine or these little private gatherings that some of the teams do, um, We've seen in the past that the Canadians have struck gold when they've done their own research and they've done their own camps. And, uh, you know, say what you want about the combine. You can, you know, players can really move up or down the combine or uh, up and down the draft based on their performance at the combine. So we might see a team, you know, be willing to take a second and third pick or second and fourth or wherever those picks fall if the Canadians want to jump up into another first round pick. And if that's the case, we might see them pick the best player available, say with their first pick, which is likely going to be in the top 10 and then maybe draft for an organizational need or you never know because the draft is in Montreal. Um, You know, pick the best French guy available. You never know. 
Yeah, I I would. <laughs> I don't like that oh, picking oh, for oh, language oh, thing, oh, but oh, hopefully yeah. not. But um, you never know. You might see somebody like a Hendrix Lapierre who's been injured on and off this year. Yeah, that uh, could fall out of the uh, fall out of the first round into a uh, uh, first ish pick of the second round, or even someone that could go late first. Yeah, I think with the three, I, I, I now with uh, the uh, the the COVID nineteen issues and possibly not seeing any um, uh, playoffs for the uh, the junior leagues and uh, there's no under 18s there's no uh, there's probably not going to be a combine. I think it's well, more likely at- the Canadians hold all to their uh, onto their draft picks and they're going to do a scatter shot. They're just going to go for yeah. what they can get. We'll look and, at some of these European leagues. Yeah. We looked at someone like a, uh, a Stutzel or a Lucas Raymond or an Anton Lindell or um, Holtz. Askarov, Holtz, um, somebody like a uh, John Jason Proteca, who I believe played for, yeah, played for Germany with uh, Stutzel at the juniors. And these are guys that they could have used their remainder of the regular season or their playoff to really vault themselves up into say a top 20 top 25 some of these guys obviously are going to go like a guy like stutzel in my opinion he could challenge for number two he's that good uh yeah yeah he i see a lot of uh draft lists that have stutzel two three four um it's it's hard to find guys who can score on a uh, on a regular basis. So I can see him being pretty high up there. Now with the Canadians sitting around eighth, they're going to have a pretty good cast of characters to pick from, and most of them are, you know, center wingers, and that's pretty much right in the Canadians' wheelhouse uh, for needs. And you know, if need meets best player available, perfect. Absolutely. It's a perfect fit. Absolutely. Um, we talked about this in the last episode where, you know, we think they're going to go for, they're probably going to play small ball and pick this and make the safe bet. But uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what they do there. Um, as for the, uh, the exp- back to the expansion draft. Um, I think, I think that uh, we pretty much covered most of it. The important part is, um, Bergeron needs to make sure that he keeps his veterans on the roster because the more guys he has signed, um, the more guys he he prote- he'll have to protect, and the less likely it is that losing a player is going to hurt the roster as much as it would when the Vegas draft happened. Um, you know, you got he made a mistake in in a way. Because he tried to keep them, but they didn't take what was offered. But uh, losing Radulov and Markov, whether you think he made the error or they just said, you know what, the hell with it, I'm gone, I want more money. Regardless of who you blame for them leaving, they left. And that's what hurt the team back in 2017. So if he can focus on keeping the guys that he has, he wants to compete for a playoff spot, you got to keep Petrie, you got to keep Tatar. Um, you got to keep Gallagher, whose contract's up next year as well. Um, Domi's contract is this summer, so that is going to have a big factor on 
the following year. Um, you get a cap- hope for a bounce back season for some of these guys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like a Kakeniemi, you're you're maybe hoping that Paling can jump in and um, you know produce offensively. You're gonna hope that somebody like uh, Suzuki comes in and hits the ground running. Yeah, progresses a little bit more than over his forty points, and and that obviously yeah. that the team's gonna stay healthy. Yeah, but it all yeah. but it's all gonna come back to. You know, this league, there's a lot of speed in this league. There's a lot of skill in this league. And uh, the Canadians play a speed game. However, we've noticed that as of late, goal scoring doesn't seem to be as much of an issue for the Canadians lately, even though they don't have all these superstar goal scorers. However, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you score five goals, if you let up six. Yeah, exactly. So, if you, so, you know, if your if your defense can't, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, you know, throwing the whole entire Montreal Canadiens defense under the bus, but if you can't defend and you're letting these goals up, and I'm not throwing Price under the bench either, or uh, under the bus either, um, you know, there's been some nights that it definitely hasn't been his fault that they've been on the wrong way of, uh, you know, a a blowout or a or a very close game that a really shit goal went in. We like I've mentioned it earlier, you know, we've seen countless two on ones, three on ones. You know, your goalie can only do so much. Yeah, and a lot of these games are one goal losses as well. So it's not like the goalies aren't doing their job. Um I think you're right. The defense does need a boost and you mentioned the speed game. If you add that puck-moving defenseman who can play on a top pairing, I think you'd notice a massive difference in the Canadians' defense just because the guys that they have on hand can be moved into positions that are better suited for their skill levels. Like Ben Sherratt, he had a great year, you know, better than most people expected. But don't you think he'd look better playing on a second or third pair as opposed to playing on the top pair with Weber? I'd personally rather have him on uh, the second pair myself. And that's where I'm going to throw in this rumor. The Montreal <laughs> Canadiens the Montreal Canadians will sign his former defense partner in Winnipeg, Dustin Bufflin. The rumor started here, folks. <laughs> that's right. We have Snekland. <laughs> I'm going to say I doubt it. But you know what? I've liked Buffalo in his whole career. And uh, ever since he hit Mark Stone and just obliterated him, he I've been him a fan. Much more. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I got nothing against Mark Stone, but when he played for Ottawa, it was like, yeah, you know, fuck Ottawa, you know? And he, if, if you guys haven't seen it, just look up Dustin Bufflin hits Mark Stone or just Bufflin plus Stone and just watch it again and again. How many microfractures does Stone have on that? Oh, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> just an unknown number of microfractures. But like, I'll just throw this out there. I doubt it's gonna happen. Oh well, yeah. Well, the crazy last, for throwing out like, for but he, just gonna but he missed. He missed. He missed the whole season, as we all know. He's no longer with Winnipeg. He's thirty-four years old. However, last year when he did play, thirty-one points in forty-two games. 
He's and he's a big ass. He's fucking a big guy. He can be thrown in front of the net. He can give you twenty five minutes or more a game. He can hit you through the boards. He blocks shots. He's got a hell of a shot. It's something that they might have to look into consider. And he's another. He's one of those guys that, you know, you're not going to fuck with this guy. It's true. It's not. You know, it's not going to happen. Um, this is a guy that can play with a chip on his shoulder, and uh, the Canadians could use a guy like that. As I said, all rumors. There are no rumors that I have read that link the Canadians to him. However, they need defense help. He's a UFA. He'd be a fan favorite. I'll just throw it out there. I heard Nick Lindstrom is going to come out of uh, retirement and join the Canadians. Let's fucking do it. Yeah. I bet he still could play. He probably could, to be honest. Have you seen this guy? He'd probably play in the top four in Montreal. Oh, my God. Top pair. Yeah. (laughs) I saw saw a video of him goofing off uh, back home in Russia. You know, like he went back. He was with the Russians or something. There was a Russian-Swedish series that they had, uh, oh, I'd say about three weeks before this COVID thing broke out. And they had like a, a... I don't know, an alumni kind of game beforehand. And holy shit, that oh, guy can still fucking skate. Absolutely. Sign him. <laughs> I don't care you, if he's you in heard, his You heard it here, folks. Yeah. Dustin Bufflin and Nick Lidstrom, top pairing in Montreal next year. Second pairing. Unstoppable. Featured. Unstoppable. Done. <laughs> um, all right. So, uh, yeah, I guess we'll stop the show there. Um Gave you guys a little bit of a little bit of something to uh, to mock us with and add us with. Uh, I think for next week uh, we might be looking at maybe possible playoffs. What they would look like. So uh, Habs and Filter is probably going to put out a Twitter poll, and you guys can vote on it, and then we'll we'll start chirping each other with uh, with that information next week. Um, but for this week. Um, Remember to self uh, self isolate, to um, do your social distancing, and wash your goddamn hands. Holy fuck, people, wash your fucking hands. And another thing that I wanted to throw out there, quick before we say goodbye for today, if you guys have any questions for us, if you guys have any suggestions for a topic that you'd like us to talk about, this is a perfect time to do it. Um, we don't see. Obviously, there's no hockey playing. Apparently, there's hockey in Belarus, though. I learned that today. Okay. Okay. Apparently, there's hockey in Belarus. We're not going to talk about hockey in Belarus. <laughs> Probably <laughs> But uh, I'm just going to throw that out there. We're not going to talk about that. Um, but if there's anything you guys want us to talk about, if there's a certain player, a certain prospect, what we think of a certain player, what we think of um, coaching, if we think there should be a coaching change, if we, you want us to go in depth about um, our thoughts on the draft, if there's prospects that, or uh, potential players that we're focused on and why, you know, maybe least favorite player on the team, you know, anything. It can really be anything. It could even be things that, um, you know, without going too too far, that maybe you want to know about the people that actually are doing the show right now. You know, we're open to a lot of uh, communication, a lot of dialogue. Uh, we'll run some polls. If you guys want to DM us any questions, feel free. 
Um, check out Hubs Unfiltered. Make sure that you follow us. Make sure you subscribe. And make sure that you follow all the hosts. Well, yeah, I mean, we do provide the greatest hockey content in the world. Absolutely. I mean, in our view, of course. You know, we'd hate to project our thoughts on others, but we're the best. Well, they already heard the Dustin Bufflin or the rumor to Montreal that's happening, so... Oh, don't forget Nick Lidstrom. Exactly. I mean, this is so quality if one shit. Of those, if, so, so if one of those happens, the fucking viewer rating on this show better, like, skyrocket. We'll start, a, we'll start a website called Habsbuzz, and we'll use Snackland. Yeah. There and you go. Like, hashtag, hashtag Matt was right, <laughs> which I've never been able to use, so we'll fucking see. Well, as a married man, I've never been able to say that either. So. <laughs> Viewers, let's have Blaine was right at one point. <gasps> trend. Yeah. Yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> or at least that he can fucking use it. It's never happened, but I'll pretend like it did at one point, and I'll just walk around with the, uh, like, uh, Conor McGregor at one point. Done. Just just strut. Just, like, but, try to get the gym. No, I'm not going to stand in front of a mirror and take pictures all the time. <laughs> That's a waste of gym time. <laughs> My God. He just, he, he went out and bought himself a whole bunch of new Affliction t-shirts and lifting gloves, just because. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That tells you where Treg's head's at right now. I didn't know Affliction was still a thing. They're not. He had to go to Value Village. Oh, wow. They still paid full price. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> Probably a couple sizes too small, too, just so he can show the real gains. Well, yeah, he went and bought a Smedium. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez, no, this, this one's a normal medium. I'm going to have to put that into the cold... And then dry on super hot. <laughs> Trey, I know you're going to listen to this after the fact. You're probably going to shake your head, but we love you, and we hope you're, you're we hope you're back on the show soon. Yeah. Well, you're not here to defend yourself, so meh. Yeah, we can do whatever the hell we want. That's right. Nanny, nanny, nanny. Anyway, Trey, despite all of our shit chucking, you're still the best looking host not on the show. Right now, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Best looking show on the uh, host on the show right now, Matt. I do what I can. Well, I mean, you're you're one pretty man. It's the it's the it's the Air Force lifestyle. It is like you barely see like it's like you guys have like this cream regimen that just I don't know what kind of skin regimen you guys use, but it, it is amazing. It's 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 got uh, all the essential oils, you know. It's it's perfect. I joined the wrong friggin' force. You definitely did. You should probably remaster. Well, it'd be this. Uh, I've already done army and navy. I think I'm, I'm gonna just stop there. <laughs> well, if you ever want the trifecta, <laughs> yeah, I've I thought about that. it. But uh, no, uh, we're 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 rambling at this point now, just to add more time to the show. So uh, I think we'll stop here. We will throw on a commercial and, uh, you know, I want to thank everyone for listening. I, I know it's not an easy time, but thank you. Thanks for joining us, guys.
successful companies find unconventional answers. That's why Zamboni Keepers is your source for wins. When you need someone to hold down your fort, when your normal goalie is out injured, we have the answer for you. Call 1-800-BONY-DRIVER. We have a Zamboni driver available in a rink near you, ready to play nets. For only the cost of a team jersey, our Zamboni experts will be able to face your league's most expensive and nationally overhyped offensive players and provide your team the chance to win. Call 1-800-BONY-DRIVER and win. And that concludes another episode of Habs Unfiltered. We would like to thank all our listeners, old and new, for joining us. We hope you were informed and entertained. And always remember, if you are talking about it, so are we. and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network.